You got to keep the big picture that, hey, we're changing the world. We're changing the world. If you want to be taken seriously, you have to be consistent. consistent. We're speaking with people that are sending a pulse to their industry. Welcome to Electric People. We have Dave Madsen on the show. Check out Tim Ballard. Jeff Curl. Sheckler. Kenzie Watts. The League presents Electric People. Friends and Electric People, we have an awesome show today. We always say that, but we don't always have Brad Kramer on the show. Bradley Leopold Kramer. That's actually my middle name. Is that really? No. Wouldn't that be amazing? I just nailed Leopold. Where did you come up with that? Well, it's like, it feels like a soccer name. Brad likes soccer. Yeah, sure. Keep it going. Kate and Leopold, I think, is what it came from. Isn't that Meg Ryan? Is that, or no, it's Kate Beckinsale, isn't it? (laughs) As you were. Meg Ryan. (laughs) Brad is, um, adds really unique value to our industry. If you are in the direct sales industry and are at all proud of the company that you work for, that's Brad Kramer's fingerprints all over that thing. He's been making direct sales look cool make it developmental and make it a, an actual place where people want to come and develop. Um, for how long, how long is your career now? Seven years. Seven years. So you were at Vivint Inc. before, been at Sunrun now for, Sunrun for the seven years? Yeah. And your title specifically is creative, creative Director of Marketing, is that right? So all of the stuff that we do that looks good has, comes from Brad, and Brad looks good always. What were you hired to do, by the way? I have no idea. What was the job description that Jason, because I feel like your job has changed at least 15 times. Yeah, so I mean, I'll give you a quick background. We could just uh, jump right into it. So I I did come here from uh, Vivint Smart Home, but nothing in sales, right? So uh, I did sell pest control one summer, 2008 in Riverside, knocked it out of the park. Not really, (laughs) Um, but my famed... How did I not know that? I didn't know know. you did a summer in pest control. Yeah, Uh, I did have 14 in one day. And that was uh, simply from a business card. I was a business card guy back then. And I got home one night and uh, got a call. I had left my card with a wife. Uh, Her husband called me that night and was like, hey, I'm a building developer. You're just the guy I needed. So the next day I went back to the house, signed 14 deals. Legend. Hey, as sales leaders, we kind of hate when that happens because it's like, oh no, now he's going to think that leaving a card will lead to like multiple contracts from the developer. I am not condoning (laughs) leaving a card. Because it worked one time. They don't do anything. Uh, Anyway, so after that summer, you know, my my paycheck was not what I thought. So it was time to to find a job. Um, And so I started working in customer service at Vinant Smart Home at Apex, actually. Uh, and so I was there. I remember your employee picture, like your badge. Yeah, I was there during the transition from Apex to Vivint and just customer service and uh, was in various positions there of training and quality support. Um, but all along while I was there, I was very close friends with Jason Delstra. Um, he and I met by, uh, we had a mutual friend who invited us to the same intramural flag football team at BYU. And uh, I apparently proved my worth on the football field to him. That's a harder place to prove your worth than in the workplace yeah. if you're Jason Delstra and intramurals. Exactly. So I was good enough in Jason's eyes, so he started inviting me to be on, on all of his other teams. And he, even now, he's 40 years old and plays on 15 different flag football teams. How different is intramural Jason? We could spend a whole hour on this and we won't, but intramural Jason from like workplace Jason. It's the same. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, All the right. the competitive nature. Yeah, I feel like he doesn't yell at me as much at work as he has that's on the field. Yeah, that's very true. He tones down uh, on the football field. He yells and he. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so I so I was good enough, and and so he and I were friends for years, and um, and in fact, I then he asked me to be on his Vivint Solar football team with Jesse Storer. Uh, Taylor Turnbull, Javon Melendez, guys I didn't know, mm-hmm. and uh, still re- like it was yesterday. It was September of that would have been 2014. He said, "Why don't you come work for me?" And I thought it was kind of a joke because I knew what he did and I knew what I did, and they were not the same, and that was not what I went to school for. Um, and weeks went by. And he sent me a text and he said, for real, come in. I want you, I want to meet with you. And uh, so he never lets me hear the, the end of it, of this portion of the story. Um, he ended up offering me the job. But at the time, I was applying for a promotion in customer service at Vivint Smart Home. And I was in, right? Okay. I was about to get a... You played your cards, I right? was about to get a $5,000 raise. Things were Annually? looking... Yeah, Thing, things were looking real good with this raise. Um, but it was purely a matter of I was comfortable. I had been there for six and a half years, and this thing that Jason presented to me was significantly more money, but very uncomfortable. I would, In my mind, I was starting over. I didn't know the leadership. I didn't know uh, the job description fully. So it was all brand new. And I told him no. And it, it actually kind of makes me emotional thinking back to when I said no because of what I have been able to do now. Um, so I said no. And he's like, oh, okay, uh, I'm not going to force you to do it. And uh, still very clearly, I left uh, work that day. I was driving home and I thought, what am I doing? This is ridiculous. So I called him and I said, I changed, it's been, it'd been three hours. <laughs> I said, can I change my mind? Is it too late? He's like, and, I was expecting this call. Yep. And he's like, it's not too late. And, uh, and, and that's, that's kind of how I, I joined the team. Um, so that all comes, stems to your question of, you know, what, uh, what I was hired for. Uh, you know, Jason is a, is, a visionary. He had a lot of the things that you see today with the league and, and a lot of these systems that we have. He and I started talking about seven years ago, but it was just he and I. It, it, was, it was the two of us. Then we had a designer. Then we had another project manager and, and slowly started getting a few people added. And now seven years later, there's 35 people on the sales marketing team. Well, and the crazy thing about it is the world that you guys have created, we get it, we're here, we understand it, but it's almost something like eight years ago, if you would you were to explain to somebody that ran a solar company, hey, I need this budget for video, for branding, for incentives, for trips, for swag, for prizes, they may have looked at you like, why are you wasting all that money? Like, no, just sell the account and give them the commission, right? But, you know, we have a lot of people that listen to this show. Like Adam and I sometimes look at like where the listeners, and they're like, it's crazy. They're all over the world. So maybe explain what the league is as you see it, because 
you've added value to this business indisputably, but in a really different way. So maybe go through the league and how it came to be and, and what the aim of the league is. Sure. Yeah, so I think where, it, to answer that, where it started, um, you know, we, year, when I first started, we would have uh, a lot of the th- similar things that we have now with podcasts and, and videos that we would send out. And we would do recognition and we had uh, weekly leadership calls, you know, where, where everybody was involved. And we'd have incentives, but what we were finding is that, that it was the same people week after week after week after week. Same winners. Same winners. Yeah. Every single time. And I was like, I'm so sick of sending something to John Sanders. Well, demotivate, John, John, demotivates. I'm not, I'm not really sick of it. I'll, I'll keep sending you stuff. But but Dave and, and some of these top performers. Or you hear from other thing. people who are like, hey, let someone else get, you know. And it demotivates uh, everybody else too. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we knew that there was there was a gap there that we, we needed to fill in to motivate all levels. And so, you know, what started out with this process of, of creating these groups, these categories based on production, um, enabled us to do just that, motivate all levels. Because the format before, somebody who had been here for three years was going up against somebody who'd been here for two weeks. And it's obviously unfair. Like the, the veteran is going to win every single time. And so to answer your question about what the league is, is it's, it's a platform that enables all talent, all tenure, uh, all experience to be motivated and to be pushed no matter where they're at in their career. So that we have the top guys are only competing against the top and the brand new, the combine athletes are only competing against the combine athletes. And so what we've seen is that for some people, hitting Letterman, hitting that five install mark or 10 installs is life-changing in itself. And so they, they don't need to figure out how they're going to get to 25, just figure out how to get to 10, just figure out how to get to five. And by doing that, you're hitting your goals, you're accomplishing what you want, and it pushes you to get to the next level. Yeah, it also... It also allows people to it tells people stories because some of the stories of people that are hitting five and ten like um you know we uh we just did a conference in southern california where uh you know a member of dave madsen's team came up um and you know told his past experience i won't share it that'll that'll be his story to tell when we have him on here sometime but man like him coming into the business from his background and shining in the league and he's got goals to get up into those top levels and stuff, but that is every bit, uh, like some people hitting five is every bit as impressive as somebody hitting 25. And I think not only have you guys created a platform for that, but everybody wants to play because you've made it look so, not just look, you've made it, you've legitimized it, right? It's like certain brands, like well, Nike's an easy one, which we'll talk about Nike in a minute, but Nike doesn't just look good. It's cool. Like you can see their their philosophy in it. You can see their their innovation. You can feel the materials. You can see the improvement. It's an actual thing. And I feel like the league, we say it's a sales platform because that's all we can really describe it as, but it's almost a place, yeah. right? It's like a, I love the league. Like it's like one of those things where it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a career ascension plan. It's a community. 
It's a, it's a developmental plan. It's a recognition platform. It's kind of, it's a club, yeah. right? The thing I love about it too is that it's not just like an everybody gets a trophy type place. It's, it's, there's levels to this thing, right? Like yeah. if you could, you could be an entry level sales rep and see this crystal clear path where most companies, they'll have like a president's club or like some sort of like annual trip that like the top 3% earn or whatever. But here we have, there's all the different levels that makes it really easy for our reps to just clearly progress from step to step, which I'm not aware of any other company that does it at least as well as, as we're doing it. But um, where did you guys come up with the concept? I mean, was it just you and Jason just spitballing in an office one day? Like, how did it all, how did the league get like hatched? Yeah, uh, I mean, I must say I'd, I've, I've got to give the majority of, of glory to Jason. It's kind of been his um, brainchild. Um, but it, it was one of those things that just made perfect sense once the idea was presented. And, um, you know, at the start, it was like trying to figure out the names and, and the terminology and things like that. Getting both coasts on the same page with yeah. scoring and like all that kind of stuff. Exactly. It's pretty easy to do, right? Getting yeah. both coasts well, on the same before page. That, before that, it was like East Coast had their way of yeah. sort of recognizing everything. West Coast had theirs. It's true. It, and it just it was, levels the playing field mm -hmm. for competitions, for recognition, for everything. Um, and yeah, every market is going to have uh, difficulties where others it's not and, and vice versa. Um, but yeah, it was just one of those things that everything just started to click when we realized what we could do with it and how we could push different people. And this concept of leveling up was pretty quickly born that, you know, of course, we're going to recognize the top performers every quarter, but we're equally going to recognize somebody who hit a new personal best. And, and ultimately, that's what the league is about. You take away uh, the sports aspect, the you know athletic feel to it. The reason we have the league is so that an individual can be better every single week, every month, every quarter, and they they can see it. Right, every single quarter, there's new and new, there's more and more new names that um, pop up, and that's one of my favorite things about the job is that I'm so in the weeds. I see these people, uh, you know, that have a really impressive combine, and then they just keep sticking around. Do you, you have know, data on? Sorry to interrupt you. I, I was just thinking because I think um, there's so many little small like mom pod dealers and stuff out there that um, like we'll have reps that you know they'll think they can go you know maybe even get paid a little bit more with company here and there whatever. Our sales pitch is always part of why you're going to make more money with us is the culture and this like team that you're on and the league is obviously a huge part of that so it's like you're going to sell a lot more with us you're going to stick with us a lot longer than you would any other company and we hear it from reps all the time that leave and then come back they always say i miss the culture and the league's obviously that's a huge part of the culture piece why do you think that reps and do you do you actually have data that shows how many reps are leveling up every single quarter from one level to the next? And why do reps sell more with us than they do with you know all of our competitors? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to know um, the data off the top of my head, but we for sure track it. And in fact, this quarter, Q3, 
we're pacing right now for like a hundred level ups, whether that's from club to letterman or letterman to franchise. Um, Alicia is is yeah, she's going go to go starter to starter franchise. to franchise, mm-hmm. and we get those every single quarter. And so, um, so I think we're we're right around a hundred sales athletes who are on this on pace. You know, two thirds of the way through the quarter, have their best to, quarter they've ever have had. Have the best quarter. Well, and the data, like the you know, we ran a sales only dealer forever. We had hundreds of dealers on here, and that data we know is forty percent. So people in the league install forty percent more than people with the same company selling the same product in the same neighborhood for the same price. And but the same without pay. the league, without the league, right. yeah. So that's, I mean, that forty percent. But if that translates into these hundred people, yeah, leveling up a hundred. Like, but I, I think it's 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 such a team effort, right? Yeah. It has become so ingrained that at this point, yeah, from corporate, our team, we can do a lot, but it comes down to the DMs. It comes down to you guys and the directors. And and I see it on all the text threads that it's such a, a focus of, you know, there's combine boot camps and there's special correlations just for these particular groups. So I think that's why the number has gone up because, you, I mean, you guys will agree maybe selling has become a, a little bit more difficult, right? There's more and more companies. Seven years ago, when I started, top installers were like 80 to 90 installs a quarter, right? Now when somebody hits 40, it's like, holy smokes, what mm-hmm. a quarter. So maybe yeah. it, it has gotten more difficult, but we're seeing more people find success because they've, they've captured the vision that it's driving them to, to be better every time. Um, one last thought, you know, one of, one of my all-time favorite memories with you guys was um, Jesse Itzler. And the quote that I, I love maybe more than anything is, I didn't come this far just to come this far. And we're finding these people that maybe had seven installs and it's more money than they've ever made. And they realize, well, I didn't work as hard as I did just to stop. So let's keep going. Mm-hmm. Let's see what I can do mm-hmm. and push you, it. You know what I think of? It's it's kind of like a college. So like, you know, we're in Lehigh. I went to school at BYU just down the road, whatever. And people, um, it's like to say BYU is a college. Because it it's obviously a college is much more than that, right? You've got, you know, your your culture there. What does it feel like to associate there? Where the friends that came from that experience, the, the, the ethos of the school, but then you dive into the details and what's orientation look like and what does, you know, freshman week look like? And then what does the summer program look like? And what does the booster club look like and sports and murals? And it turns into college is not a school. It's a complete like chapter of your life. And that's honestly kind of what the league is. Yeah. It's a sales platform, but There's curriculum associated with it. There's recognition. There's income associated with it. There's career advancement associated with it. Really, I would say the league is to direct sales what college, like a specific college is to education. And some of them just work better than others, right? You look at other, you can track it. You can see, like, how does the per rep average here compare? And same, same objection of, you know, could I have learned intellectually on my computer the things I learned in college? Yes. Could I have had the same experience? Absolutely not. The you difference is that uh, the Sunrun League doesn't lose to their opponent 
their main rival for an entire decade. That's a sports reference coming hot at <laughs> <out> my forehead. <laughs> and that's coming from a, a diehard cougar. Yeah. It's never going to end. It's never going to end. But even the fact that, I mean, I'm almost 40, <laughs> and we're talking about, like, who beats who in football from a place I went Do we need to just say, 20 years just ago, so all the listeners you know? know, that just BYU just can't beat Utah in football? Yeah, I mean, for, for those that don't know the context. If you're not from Utah. I'm a, I'm a BYU grad, and many people don't really know or care but BYU versus Utah has been a rivalry for 100 years, and BYU has not beat them since Why is this still a rivalry? Listen, well, I went to BYU, but maybe we should pick a new rival. Like, maybe we should, like, well, maybe the they need a lesson in the league. It's, uh, you know? If you're from Utah, there's no, like, you know, we just have the Jazz, so we don't yeah. have a pro football team. So Utah-BYU is, like, it's as big as rivalry as we have in the state, right? So Maybe they, and my, my BYU friends are not going to like this, but maybe we should, like, Encourage like when my when my daughter goes to play softball and there's not enough people on the other team, they take one or two from her team and so they can still play the game. Like why don't we say like <laughs> why don't we say hey, some of the Utah players? Yeah, like you got a couple BYU. big guys that we don't hey, just have. for this weekend. Switch shirts. <laughs> <For> the- <laughs> like, that's my proposal, you guys. That's one of your fixes. Yeah, I like that's that. right. What do you think? So what what do you think? Your how would you define your job? What what is your role? Not your job. What's your role in this company? What do you aim to do? Yeah. Oh boy, I was not prepared for this. Um, I think I think my role is to. Um, I think the the biggest thing is to use all the resources that we have to make this not just a job, not not just a career, but a, a way of life. And what I mean by that is, at the beginning, you know, you talked about budgets and, and things like that and all the things that we do. So I, I'm primarily over all things video, all things design. Um, and using visual assets to help people succeed, whether that's in recruiting, whether that's in you know um, creating content for a training or for an incentive that's local or a company-wide competition or hyping things up on video. One of the, the coolest parts of my job is, is, being, is getting feedback from people who one time were on League TV and it like changed everything for them because they got a, shot, a shout out, because their picture or their video was on League TV and they're putting it on Instagram, they're putting it, you know, sending it to, the, to their friends. That's, uh, this may not have been the, the question, but that's what makes my job the best, is when I see somebody react that way. Well, but you, think- can, you can, it's a tangible impact that you're able to see, Yeah. right? I mean, you're able to see like, man, I, I, you know, sales, we get to put a number on the board, all of our stats show up or whatever, but it's like, you don't have those same like stat sheets but when all of a sudden one of our sales reps is reposting something that you put in a video or you yep. had an idea to have them featured or whatever, then uh, I'm sure that makes all the difference. Yep, and you know, and, and one of the things that I think I learned probably week two of working here seven years ago from Chance was people love hearing their name. More than that, people love seeing their name. And more than that, people love seeing their pictures. 
So, you know, everybody maybe wonders on all these conferences why we go and set up green screens and take pictures of everybody. And that's why, is, is we have been able to maybe find this niche of, you know, taking advantage of having somebody's picture and letting the whole company see. And it, it goes a long way. Well, I think of like, we always say that people perform in a manner consistent with how they feel. So think about some of these like really high-end brands that pay attention to that detail. I remember we were on a league trip. First of all, the league is like taking us around the world, but we were, we were, we were shopping in Paris. How douchey does that sound? <laughs> we were shopping in Paris. Come out of your mouth. Well, so, and my mom was staying with my kids. And so we're like, oh, I'm going to get her a nice bag from Paris. So we walk into the Gucci store. And that's what I learned. I am not a Gucci man. Yeah, continue on. Yeah, I look at the bag. I'm like, yeah, I could see that from the start. You're more of a so Louis, there I a Louis was. guy for there you. There I was. Yeah. It was a. It was a so there, over, slightly overcast. So I'm in the Champs Elysees shopping. There um, I am. No, so we walk in, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like yelling across the store to my wife. I'm like, Yo, these things are like 3,800 bucks, right? Whatever. We didn't buy one, but we. Oh, your poor mom. You wouldn't. She, was, she got something amazing. I'm okay. sure. But you. You're you so take a cheap. store like that and you wouldn't like lay all your stuff out like on the table. Like it's very carefully curated because it's telling a story. And it makes people feel a certain way such that they'll spend that kind of money. I, we need to rec- remember this as leaders that when people don't work here anymore and you look at their Facebook picture and it's still a picture that your team took, it's because most of the, who else gets featured in 4K? Who else has? Like we were joking earlier, Andrew's the man we're, behind we're the camera We're up to 8K here. now. 8K? There's... We doubled Ks. That's not even a thing. That's a lie. No, but we were is saying that, this. That a real thing, 8K? Brad said it is. Isn't it a thing, Andrew? It's a thing. So Andrew's the man <laughs> behind the camera. He makes everybody look amazing. And we were talking about what it's like to travel with Andrew and his 2,000 pounds worth of luggage and mm. all this kind of computers and video no, stuff. No, I always have to pay his baggage fees. <laughs> they're, they're absorbing it. But the, the thing is this. People perform in a manner consistent with how they feel, just like they buy when they feel a certain way. And so it's like if you can take somebody and say, hey, this is how I see you, and you give them a photo that's taken in a manner that they've never seen themselves in, they start performing and behaving that way, Mm -hmm. right? And then they're proud of it. And so, you know, to me, the the, the league is, the the reasons to work at this particular company is to earn and to experience. I think the guys here earn better than everywhere else, but they experience at a higher level, and I'm not sure which is more valuable and the two kind of go hand in hand, but think about that. The reason people repost on Instagram, the reason people put their stuff up, the reason people text their wife and say, hey, I was featured, watch this, is because they're seeing themselves the way that you see them, and that levels them up, Yeah. right? Well, what happens too is I think we take it for granted. I know I even do, and it's like, I because a lot of it's, we started back when we didn't really have it. And so we kind of like it sort of evolved together in the company. And I think what happens is our reps that start now, they just start and they see League TV in their first meeting. Like, oh, that's cool, you know. But And then like all of a sudden, you they know, a year, one first a year, a year <laughs> later, one. a year later, they may like somehow get convinced to go work with a competitor. And then they that's when it hits them that all companies are not created equal. And they don't have the league. They don't have league TV. They don't have the trips. They don't have all the swag. They don't have like all these cool things that when you start with us, you don't even like, you, you may think it's cool, but you sort of like don't understand how good you have it, you yeah. know? So everyone that starts with us, 
was born on third, thought they hit a triple, <laughs> but really they were. <laughs> Is that like a sports thing? Born yeah, on yeah, third, baseball. Yeah, that's baseball. We should start a company called Born on Third. That's cool. Thought you hit a triple. Have Brad like partner up with you. That's good sports. That's Brad and I's next business. There we go. Born on Third. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you too is, you always dress, I would say, a little eccentric. Okay. Uh, is there a method to the madness? So Hold I, on, let me describe what Brad's wearing today. All right, go. Right? He's got glossy Michael Johnson style, like, like. He's going to go run a 200 yard Champagne dash. gold uh, Nike Air Zoom 200s. Is that what those are? 97. Oh, are 97. It's as classic as they get. Okay. You, hey, I'm not the guy that's being questioned about his fashion. Okay, I'm just telling the story. You've got some perfectly tailored and fitted, I believe, Lululemon joggers. Joggers. Yeah. And you're wearing this uh, heathered. Knit Lulu, also Lulu, Lulu and with then, the through pocket, and then it just and so happens underneath. All right, and then the gold shoes match the underside of the bill on your white hat. I mean, just impeccable. Yeah. White wedding ring. What's the brand when of the hat? Is that a racing cycling? Bike, uh, so cycling company? Uh, it's running. So they're uh, a French Canadian brand. So you CLA. can't get that at the airport. I always yeah. joke with How Adam. How many pair of shoes Adam's do you Adam's clothes own? come from the airport. So I don't. I actually don't have. I mean, I've got more than your average bear, but uh, I don't have that many because my wife's rule is: well, if you want a new pair, you got to sell old pairs. So I do wear them all. So usually I'll have to like sell two pairs for the cost of a new one. Yeah. Let me tell you your this. Taste is, your taste has got, you've gotten a little snobby with your shoes. It's Let true. me tell you this. Yeah. I've true. purchased yeah. off Brad Kramer's feet two pairs of shoes and he's gone home in his socks from this building and I've gone home with an extra <laughs> pair of shoes is, in my arm. That is Every, as true as it gets. Fun fact, everything Brad's currently wearing is for sale. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Literally that's happened. I'm like, I like I those shoes. I might buy hat. And honest. Brad's like, I got my eye on another pair. I'm like, mm, 200 bucks? And then he goes home in his socks. That's true. Yeah. Uh, one of my bigger regrets. And then I, they don't look the same that, on me. That, I'm like, Man, that one particular same. Air Max One Master, I wish I still had those. Okay. Anyways, uh, so I knew that this question was going to come up. And luckily, uh, a couple of weeks ago, you inter- interviewed Felipe. Yep. He and I are close. Um, and I, I liked what he said about just uh, the, the way, the reason he dresses the way he does is to set himself apart. And I don't know if, I, if that's why I do it. Part of it is because uh, I ha- at Sunrun, I now have this. Yeah, you got a brand to hold up, dude. I have this brand. You can't so show like, up looking sloppy, dude. So <laughs> I go to conferences, and I can't be wearing Birkenstocks or something. Nothing wrong with Birkenstocks. Yeah, you show, up in, a, you show up in a sock sweatshirt. People are like, who's this yeah. What happened? I, think, I don't think Brad's doing well. Um, but like the gold and the gold, it's just. Did Brad get fired? It's just like, it's just like part of, uh, I think it's showing that it's intentional. I'm aware of, pretty much every day I'm aware of how I look. And maybe that's snobby, maybe that's my douchey no, comment. No, you know what it is, Brad? No, no, I like it. You know what it is, is anytime I get something and I know it's coming from Brad, I expect it to have this cool factor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I may even get the shoe that he sends and not like it. You put on, you're like, all right, Brad, but I'm, I'm like, you. But I'm like, <laughs> I guess we're doing these, you know? And then I go out and I start getting compliments. Yeah. So. But the, the thing is, like, I recognize that it's just me. It's how I, I dress. I do not care about anybody else. I'm not looking at anybody else. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he's wearing those. But You're not a what are those guy. 
I do like what are, I, I sometimes <laughs> do say what are those, but uh, it's very rarely. Where do you? But where, I do. Uh, one of my role models is Ryan Gosling from um, shoot. What's his movie where he's not him as a person, but him in that role? In that role, no, yeah. it's um, of, uh, Crazy Stupid Love. Crazy Stupid Love, the like best gift ever, right? Yeah, when he's oh when he takes Steve Carell out for shopping. He and just hugs the new balances. Uh, I'm sorry, are you, are you Steve Jobs? Yeah. He's a billionaire <laughs> owner of Apple computers. Never wear those shoes again. Oh, it's so good. So if I'm close with somebody, I'll give them very direct feedback. Are uh, you the type that gets um, inspiration in your work from the things that you see? Absolutely. So what are some of the things that inspire you? And when I ask that, I hope we get to talk about Formula One. Yeah, so I... And um, Ted Lasso. And Ted Lasso. We'll talk about soccer, Ted Lasso, Formula One. So I... Um, my biggest uh, vice is soccer, all day, every day. It's true. While he's um, designing all like the guys like like the tiled pages and stuff, it's two computers or it's one design and then the other like the Chelsea match. And your team is Manu. Man oh, I've not I've not <laughs> taught you well. My team is Liverpool Football Club. Okay. Uh, and so you know that the the way that teams nowadays advertise and market their players and their teams and the matchups yeah uh you'll you'll see it a lot in a lot of the stuff that comes out um that's really cool it's pretty it's pretty similar to stuff that you might find you know the way that the premier league advertises a schedule or the lineup or you don't even call it a premier league the premier league yeah premier league um you look at the format of the bigs yeah hint hint that's how soccer works uh, in terms of matchups and then goal difference. We've always done point difference. So it's, it's a huge influence. We talk about Formula One. Um, you know, Formula One is- Do you watch Formula One yet? Mm-hmm. You do? Yeah, on Netflix. But more than the, the show, do you watch, do you watch the, the races? Oh, no. Because I'm, I'm to the point where, regardless of the show, I'm tuning in. Watch the, the show Sunday is a mornings. perfect the show's tone, amazing. Though. It Formula One's awesome because you can know everything. Like, that's, to me, like, whenever I've watched sports with Adam, I'm not a sports guy, and Adam is, or, like, Dave or, like, my brother or something, they'll tell me stuff that I didn't know about them personally and, like, their history, and all of a sudden it makes the sport so interesting. Yeah. So the fact that there's only 20 Formula One drivers and 10 teams, you watch that Netflix series and you know everything about everyone yeah. immediately. Yeah. So you're immediate. But, like, the NFL, I'm never going to learn about, like, all those people, yeah, you know what I mean. But you, but you know, you look at Formula One, and, and yeah, it's an interesting format because Mercedes, Red Bull, Ferrari at the top spend millions and millions and millions of dollars every year. Then you've got like Williams at the bottom that maybe spends a million, right? So it, so it's a, it's a little uneven, but you can see it in the production, right? The way that the car looks. The, the branding and advertising for their teams is way different than the bottom. And it, it's like thing, that for a reason. Yeah, and it's like, as I've started watching the races, the thing that's interesting to I've like- I've leaned forward. I'm to forward. like, <laughs> we've roped him in. We're, Brad's now interested in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, but it's interesting as I started watching the races and I've told this, my kids all watch Formula One races with me now. And my kids are, I mean, like my four-year-old up to 11-year-old. But the production value of the race is so high. Like, the video is great. The cameras always keep you in the action. They're always yeah, telling you the backstory. TV. That you, you tap into the, to the driver's intercom. And so it is so exciting. But back to the league, yeah. like, your inspiration, if you can start to, like, take the things you love, twist it, and then 
put it out in a way that makes sense. Yeah. It's a real it's like an art form. It's a really unique thing because all of a sudden people are watching the <clears throat> the Bigs videos like, "Oh, I'm in this because the production value is so high and it's so relevant and yeah. accurate, you know." So so a perfect analogy though with Formula 1 is yes, there's two drivers. Who's your guy? Max. Oh, you said Max like I was just going to agree with you. Yeah. Wow. So I mean, I've got a Not Lewis. No, that like I lo- Lewis is, has incredible accomplishments. First, I love that we're just first name with these guys. Yeah, Lewis. Uh, I naturally gravitate to Red Bull because yeah, Red uh, Bull's great. Red Bull, everything, and the team principal is married to a Spice Girl, so that's yes, a win. That's uh, Red Bull's also just like revolutionized the, sports. The drink, yeah. Well, the they're underdog. They don't spend near the money, and they're yeah. highly competitive. Yeah. Like. yeah, we're all Red Bull fans. Anyway, so uh, and plus the drink is. Constantly swim, oh, I swimming, sell drinks. yeah, right. swimming through my veins. Um, so you, you know, you mentioned there's there's two drivers per team, but there's so much more that goes into it. You look at a pit change, and there's twelve guys, and that's what changes a tire in one and a half seconds. And you look at the the repair crew and the teams at corporate, right? So. What I'm getting at is, yes, I'm, I'm the one being interviewed, but so much of the advancement that you see in the league it is, yeah, not, is not me. It's, it's so many people on our team, you know, our, our video crew, and the things that they've been able to um, invent almost, especially with League TV and a lot of these high production videos, it's no longer just, hey, the big starts in three weeks, let's think of something cool. Send an announcement. Like, the Biggs video was planned three months ago and filmed six weeks ago, right? It's a huge thing because of, of we, we know the impact. And so, so many people on my team, they're the ones, I mean, they should be interviewed here, right? They're the ones that have the insight. They're the ones that are innovating. And you look at League TV and people calling in and We've got some surprises for you coming with uh, technology is just bonkers in general, mm-hmm. like what you can do with a camera. So, and, and same thing with the design team. So I think that's, that's my favorite thing about Formula One is, is it's, it's the, the Red Bull team. Yeah, and, there's up to like yes, 800 people on and, these and teams. And yes, it just, you know, Max Verstappen is standing on the podium, but it's the whole team. Right, so to bring it back to our world, it's, if our sales guys are the car, yeah, it's like you guys, everyone back here, everyone at corporate, it's like that's the pit crew, that's the team, that's what allows the car to go fast. And again, the you R&D, mentioned the finance, you mentioned the, the Mer- you mentioned the Mercedes and the Red Bull cars versus the bot the bottom end cars. Yeah. The reason that those top end cars that have all the financial backing win every single race is because of the team, not the driver specifically, right? Yeah. And in Formula One, you even see some drivers switch teams and they their results instantly change yeah. because they go from my, my fandom a started top with, team. with Daniel Ricciardo. Right, so he goes from a top team to a bottom team, and now he can't win a race. Yep. And it's like our sales reps don't often realize the team they're on. And so when you have the pit crew and the team here at corporate, and it's the bigs, the rally, the revolution, League TV, all these different things happening back here, that's that's what allows you to get your tire change yeah. in one and a half seconds. Dude, this and is a crazy flying, analogy. Right? So it's like, but could you imagine? Our, our, sales rep, well, they, our sales reps don't understand 
a lot, I mean, I, I don't want to like sound condescending. Our, our sales reps, I think, m maybe sometimes take for granted how fast of a car we're putting them in to drive, right? They're just, again, they're getting in a car and they're like, dang, this thing's sweet, has a lot of cool stickers, you know, whatever, and they're just driving it. And then all of a sudden they get convinced to go work for a competitor and they're like, why doesn't my car drive fast anymore? Because it's, it's a Renault. It's because it's a piece of junk car, yeah. <laughs> so, and it's like, and then that's when it finally clicks for a lot of these guys. Wow, the culture matters. The team matters. The financial backing you matters. Faster. You know, having a competent CEO matters. And that's like a domino effect that just like trickles down to a, a brand new rep who's just starting. You're just going to be more successful with us than any other company because of the team that you're joining. Yep. I think, um, I think you've done, as Adam was talking, I was thinking you've done a really good job of, you know, you started with what, what were you hired to do? And you're kind of hired to like, help the team win, but who knows what the role was, project manager, whatever it was back then. But the cool thing that this company does, I think the thing you've capitalized on, is you've found um, an arena to essentially make art. Like you, you don't do things that fit in a job description. And I think that's an invitation to all of our sales leaders and our salespeople as well. Like the job is to grow the business. Now be excellent and take your, take your unique contribution and do that because if Brad Kramer didn't work here, this place would be different, right? And performance would be different. Mm -hmm. But we can all do that, right? Like it's th this industry and this like, um, I guess call it a platform has taught me that, that it's like, hey, we're giving you a car. You drive the hell out of that thing in a way that only you can, yeah. right? And I think you've done a really good job at looking around because how often do you get approval to launch an idea? You just kind of like, this would be great. Let's get the team on board. Let's try it. It works or it doesn't. And I don't think there's many people in the world that get to work in a situation like that. It's like you got like a like a like a Mad Hatter shop down there. <laughs> and you just get to kind of do what you want. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah, and I uh, I, I appreciate the the kind words. I think another element of it that you know that I'm pretty proud of is I just kind of figured it out. Right. As I mentioned, when Jason offered me the job, it was not what I went to school for. I, I, I went to school for speech therapy and applied to medical school. Oh, it's really not what you went to school yeah. for. And, <laughs> and I didn't know a lick of design. I liked, I knew how things, like, yeah. I knew what things looked good together. Yeah. Right? But even when I first started here, I, I didn't know a thing. Um, and so one thing that I'm pretty proud of is just kind of being self-taught with software, with how to design and how things work and fonts and all this stuff. And so, you know, I, I think a lot about, we're to a point where a lot of recruits that we have are no longer previous door-to-door -door salespeople mm -hmm. that are just switching products that they're selling. They're in, they were in different careers that are now being recruited to sell door-to-door. And you just have to, you just figure it out. And, and there's so many resources, like every, every single day, maybe not every day, but many times a week, I'm on YouTube searching for how to do something in Photoshop mm -hmm. or how to do something in Illustrator or how to make this process better or faster. Um, and so for, you know, newer sales reps out there, just, we always talk about this at, 
this uh, opportunity here, right? And maybe it kind of gets redundant, but that's because it's never ending. Like the opportunity is crazy. You know what's before you. Don't squander it. Don't, it, for, for me in my role, that would be like, well, I, I, I don't know how to do that, so we're not going to do that. No. Or ask somebody else or something. Yeah, no, figure it out. Figure out how to do it. And we, we, you know, Andrew behind the scenes here has figured out how to do so many crazy things. Um, and, it's, and it's inspiring. So many people on the team. Just figure it out. And it's, your life is going to be way different. You're, you're a good example, and props to Jason. Um, but you're just a good example of someone who Jason just recognized was really talented wasn't even sure how he wanted him to get involved. Yeah, first who, then what, Just right? knew he wanted him on the team. He can catch right? a football, so let's bring that's it That's first. I remember when he came to our, uh, we played football with like all the directors or something on a trip, and I remember that was the I'd first time I met I've been here for a week. You. And you showed up wearing like lime green cleats or something. Yeah. Well, they were volt tights. They, they were actually gold. Tights no. look good, play I know good. exactly what. Yeah, I mean, no, you, and then I just remember seeing you flying all over the field, I'm like, Who's this guy with the hair, man? <laughs> and by the way, who gave you the right to have perfect hair <laughs> and wearing a hat? Well, it's because it's a little long. I haven't gotten my hair cut. I'm in between phases. I don't know if I want to grow it a little bit longer. Mm, yeah, it's a tough spot to be. Yeah, yeah. it's a tough spot. Hey, is your least favorite thing about this job when you know that you're going to have to call Ty and I about a dispute in a sales competition? 100%. And you know you're just dreading those phone calls. Hundred <laughs> percent. The the worst days of my career have been the Monday following a close match, hmm. having to release the score. It's very stressful. Hey, but here's <laughs> let's talk about this for a second because Adam's wrong. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, let's talk about this for a second because I actually think that to your point and to the to the advice of guys in this industry. You put yourself in a situation to deal with it, and you know it's painful, you know it sucks, you know it comes with the job, but if... I've got butterflies right now thinking about it. Well, I thought about this. So I was watching the, um, I believe it was the British Grand Prix, back to F1, and, um, you know, Leclerc's in the front, 50 out of 52 laps. No resistance. Just driving, and he's at the front of the pack. His only job, Lewis Hamilton's behind him dealing with all kinds of things, penalties, dirty air, all that kind of stuff. And Leclerc's just running. He's never podiumed in an F1 race before. He's in first place in the Ferrari, okay? And, and Lewis Hamilton is just dealing with resistance constantly behind him. Just race after. And every position is like its own race. Do you remember this race? Mm -hmm. Pulls up on Leclerc. And I'm telling you, the one person you do not want to see in your rearview mirror after leading for... Is Lewis Hamilton. Is Lewis I Hamilton. don't think they have rearview mirrors. Whatever. You, but somehow they, they know they who's know. there. They know yeah. who's there. And so... Well, and for those of you guys that don't know F1 racing, Lewis Hamilton is the Michael Jordan of... Just Google it, man. F1 just Google seven, it. Yeah, yeah seven-time champion. And he's the greatest. And every time he drives, I'm like, well, there's a reason. But the thing is, Leclerc wasn't dealing with any resistance that entire race. And then somebody that had been dealing with resistance and pushing through it, when they got up behind him, it took him a fraction of a lap to pass him. Yeah. And so I think in your job, like, 
you put together these very dynamic competitions that people really care about, mm-hmm. right? And so every now and then, yeah, you have to deal with people that are very passionate about their team winning or how a thing is scored. But the fact that you don't run from it, like the fact that you're willing to face that resistance is really what makes you win. Because if you're in a spot right now where you're comfortable and coasting and you're like, yeah, I don't do any of that stuff anymore, you get past. You really do. Like you have to stay in that fight. And I think we have this, this like tendency, especially as direct sellers, to think, oh, someday I'm not going to sell. Someday that's going to be beneath me. Someday I'm not going to do that. And the second that starts happening, people can look to you and say, what value do you actually add, right? And so mm-hmm. you've always been in that center point and you've always been the one to kind of like have to make a tough decision. And I think that should be celebrated because not many people are willing to do it, you know? I think the fact that you can get grown men that are in their 30s and 40s and beyond so upset at each other <laughs> Is honestly a testament of how valuable the competitions are. Yeah. Because they care and about it, them and they don't that even, much. They don't even know the, what the prize is. They don't even know. No. I don't, like no one even cares what the prize is. Yeah. That's the thing. And it's they're they're so upset about something. I mean, and it's I would say most guys in their thirties, forties, whatever. It's like they're just not going to get that worked up about things, yeah. especially a, a competition at, at work, work, right? Yeah. Um, but I mean, we'll have people literally like threatening to quit over things and or um, kill each other or literally like not talk. I mean, I went like I went like a month without talking to Ty. He was way more mad than I was. After the bigs. Hey, but the thing that's cool, though, we always start those conversations with, hey, the good news is everybody really cares. Like, yeah. let's yeah. take it like this is crazy, but I would much rather be dealing with this than apathy. Like right. we can't get these that's guys right. to care, you know. So how did you do that? Yeah. How'd you do that? How'd you get everyone to care so much? Yeah, how'd you get everyone to care so much? I think we just, we, uh, we made it a system, <laughs> right? So when I first started, I remember the, the competitions and incentives that we did. It was literally like, it'd be a, I don't know, a Thursday night and we get called into the CEO's office and we're like, okay, we're struggling in this category. Let's figure out an incentive. And so we just like stay up and come up with something and hope that it worked. But uh, we we made it a we made the the core three competitions every single year, and so the consistency is one. The consistency I is think one. The way you guys sell it the, is really the FOMO, really yeah. right, and it's hard to explain in the moment. People who are new this year, who are not bought into the bigs twenty twenty one, they're not going to be. It starts in a week. That they're not going to yeah, be, but next week, or excuse me, next year when it comes around, they're going to think, okay, I remember this thing. And, and that's, that's what we have built on, is the way that we celebrate the winners, the way that we recognize them in every competition, the experiences, the, the rewards that we provide. When we then capture it, that is where the people viewing are bought in for the next year. Mm -hmm. Well, there's so much that goes into it too, because I think if it's not just, it's like sports, right? Like if you were to dig in, like it's not that, hey, let's just do a one-on-one competition in January. No, there's a reason. Like we know there's a reason we do a team competition at the exact time that we do a team competition. We know exactly why we score it to drive everybody. And the stat that that I love is that the production increases 30% during the bigs. It's one of the most effective business strategies we've and ever employed. And it stays many times, mm-hmm. right? You look at Boston North, you look at San Diego South, they have this humongous production spike. And yeah, it's gonna naturally go down a little bit, but they're not going back down to where they were. Mm-hmm. 
It's yeah. this new Central is a good example. Central. They leveled up big time, Huge. and then they've stayed up. Yeah. Well, look how many people are in Flagship Plus. Flagship Plus is our top tier. We used to have like really two teams that would compete, mm-hmm. and then we had like three others. Yep. I think I saw the first list, and there was 10 or 11. Yeah, there's, that's the plan. Yeah, and we're looking at people like I look at like like Orange County could be in Flagship Plus. East LA could be in Flagship Plus. Fresh. High Desert could yeah. be in Flagship Plus. Like now you're like, dude, these teams are getting, like they're mm-hmm. businesses and they're getting bigger. Yep. You know? Yeah. Brad, you're in um, a lot of the meetings that are behind the scenes at the company. What's something, just to kind of share with our sales force, what are some of the impressions that you've had just of like Chance and Paul and our leadership over the years where you're just sitting there almost like a fly on the wall figuring out how am I going to market, you know, certain things. Yeah. Like how do I have this translate into, you know, making sales cool and all that kind of stuff. But I'm sure you're hearing things at times where you're like, man, that's pretty rad. Yeah. You know, like what are some of those things or maybe some of those experiences you've had over the years that you are just like, man, like these guys really are in a, a great place. Yeah. I'm lucky to um, be pretty close with Chance and Paul and, and over the years to see them. And I think to answer your question, the, my, my favorite thing is truly how passionate they are about every single sales rep. They hear the stories and, and the life-changing experiences that people have, both financially and leadership development and things like that. Um, and I've, I've been with them when they've, when they've gotten emotional hearing about somebody's story about uh, you know rags to riches, if you will, and just the, the thing that they love the most is people working hard. They, they understand the vision and they take, it, they take advantage of the opportunity. We, we're back to that phrase again, that um, it's, I feel like force for, seven, for as long as I've been here, the message has been, we don't know how long this is gonna last, so take advantage of the opportunity. Well, keep, it keeps lasting, so keep doing it. Yeah, I think there was a time where we really didn't know like quarter to quarter yeah. as in a new emerging industry with heavy competition from traditional like businesses. Like, but I, yeah, now we're to the point where, hey, like this is sustainable long term. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree with you, Brad. I'm glad you brought that up. And Adam, that you can't discount the value of like C-suite leaders mm-hmm. that think for the salespeople. It, it affects every decision that the business makes. And that's, again, like what you were saying earlier, Adam, like it's one of those things that you don't really know until you've been in a situation. I mean, we saw an email today from Empire where, um, you know, they're going bankrupt and they got a message from the CEO that says, hey, unfortunately, we're not able to continue as a business, right? And the millions in unpaid commissions. Yeah, they're bankrupt. So they're not yet. like slowly tapering, like they won't pay those guys. And I think of the the people that that affected, and the like. Hopefully, we never know what they're experiencing truly because of that sentiment you just expressed. Yep. You know, um, the, one of the things that I love about like your impact on this business is you have a unique relationship with the salespeople here. Um, you're not like it's not like field and corporate. Like you really are a member of the team, and we see it. Like you mentioned intramurals and stuff like that. But I, I kind of want to get into when you get into something, you like get into something. <laughs> like we were talking before we started recording where I don't remember why you sent me a picture of your bike. It's like, I'm like, ooh, Brad, send me a picture of your bike. And he sends me a picture of his bike. And then he kept sending pictures of all of his bikes 
one after another. This bike bicycles. Is, yeah. This bike is for triathlon. This bike is for cross country. This bike is for gravel. This bike is for mountains. Um, talk about your, um, your connection, your development through endurance racing, but also yeah. the unique culture that that's helped you form with some of the, some of the guys here. Yeah, uh, you're right. I, um, I think just my personality is, it's a, it's a waste of time if you're just going to go half on it. Any, anything. If you're not going to give it your all, whether it's work or a hobby or an interest, just give everything you can. Um, and so with me in endurance sports, I actually have you to blame or thank, whichever. Uh, it was just right here at this lake. Me, you, and Jason went boating, and you were like, hey, there's this race that a bunch of guys are doing. Let's, do you want to do it? And I didn't think about it. Sure, Literally, yes. did, I, did I know that, that Brad was going to be like, yes, I will become a triathlete for the rest of my life. Yeah, so I, so I, <laughs> I borrowed a bike. I borrowed a wetsuit. Uh, I had running shoes, and I, I figured it out. And that race, I su like, sucked. It was very difficult, but it was so difficult that I was like, I, I got to figure this out. I got to be good at it. And so now, four years later, every day, I'm running, swimming, or biking. And um, yeah, it's just, it's become a major passion of mine and it's created some strong relationships with, uh, with guys across the company that were close because of racing and not necessarily because of work. Um, and it's, uh, so, f so for me, it's, thanking you for my wife it's uh blaming you i just didn't want to go alone i knew i was unprepared and i was like here's a guy that's unprepared <laughs> yeah <laughs> you want to do this with me because it's you it's, only got to outrun the slowest guy when you're exactly getting chased right. by a line yeah right? i think that's the only time I've, I've gone faster than brad <laughs> oh i still i still remember it can just, i tell just a story so you, yeah you can tell and then you tell so i was i same thing for me every year we do this race once a year for me brad's really good at it now and has far surpassed me but i do one race a year and uh you were, you're younger than me, so you were in an age group that started before me. Is that how it works? Yeah. That's how it works. And so I was, I came in the water <laughs> after Brad, and we swam, biked, and then we're running. And then, like, when I'm running, I'm pretty, like, I'm not great at this. And so I'm just focusing on my breathing, and I'm kind of in my pain zone. But Brad's not a hard person to spot. Like, imagine in your head what you think Brad would be wearing at the Malibu Triathlon. To stand something out. bright. Yeah, it's not hard to find him. Yeah, and so bright. we're running, and I kind of see through my blurred vision up ahead. I'm like, that's Brad Kramer. Probably like rated the worst running shoes, but he looked amazing. Yeah. <laughs> now I've gone, I've gone far to uh, the most expensive running shoes. And they're expensive for a reason. So we're running, and it's like, it's like, it's like very slow racing. I'm starting to catch Brad, starting to catch him. But I'm like, I feel like I'm running as fast as I can, but not running any but faster. But to interject, this particular course, there's runners, it, it kind of loops you around. Each other. So you're passing each other, uh, and you're you trying you to gauge, each other. when did I see him last? Is he yeah. catching me, or am so I there's pulling like, away? So there's loops on yeah, the Yeah, there's loops. Yeah. And then you kind of like sometimes get a fist bump or a hey, but I was so focused on breathing and stuff that I just didn't have any of that. And I remember in my head, I'm like, I'm going to pass Brad. And I started running as fast as I could, but it probably didn't look different to anybody that was watching. <laughs> and so we engage in this like turtle race, kind of past each other. And I just hear Brad go, no, damn it. <laughs> as, I, as I very, very slowly crept away. And that will be the only time I've ever beat Brad in a race. Yeah, that's how the story went. But I think about it often. Uh, 
I just, on those dog days. You remember that moment? Those dog days. Yeah. But uh, you know, I know, I know, we're probably close to end on time. I love endurance sports because um, I can see growth in myself. Right. So four years ago, that's a six mile run. Uh, you know, a few months after that, I did another race, which was a 5K, and I had to like stop and walk. And it wasn't because I was unhealthy at the time. I was doing CrossFit, and I, I thought I was pretty fit, but I just wasn't trained for that. I wasn't fit for that. Now, if I'm not running six miles at a time, it's like not worth it for me. It's like boring. Oh, only I've only got time for three miles. No thanks. It, it, it doesn't interest me. Now my threat, I'm at like, ooh, I've got a 20 miler this weekend. That's fun. Or this last week, I woke up at 4:30 to go on a 80 mile bike ride. That is what. But but years ago, I couldn't have done that. And so, I I love to see me improve over the years. And again, going back to the league, that that's what it's about. Is it's I. I don't, I don't really compete against anybody, you know, with these races. I'm not going to win. I'm for, I'm not going to be top three, even though I, I did win my age group <laughs> at the, at the Payson Orchards Triathlon. Oh, we remember. I, I won my age group. I won a bag of apples. <laughs> um, but in, in, you know, some of, the, some of these Ironmans that I've done, I know I'm not going to beat you know, a lot of other competitors, but I'm going to beat myself. And that's what's most important to me is that I've put in the effort and it pays off. Well, and think about like that confidence and that experience. You show up to work on a day where like think of like you don't really look at the competitors in your field, but look at the impact that you're making. You need an edge. You're in high level like fast emerging business, you need an edge. And so it's like, okay, you wake up at 4.30 and you bike 80 miles and then you show up to work at nine. It's like other people are showing up to work at nine after waking up at 8.15 and loading up on coffee to get through the day. You've already had a whole adventure, right? And if I know you, you've had 80 miles on your bike. So you're thinking of stuff and you're looking at stuff and you're drawing correlations and you're pedaling. You're like, oh, this is just like, like I remember that first race. I remember when I was on the bike Biking's like my weakness. And as I'm going down the hill, I remember like pedal in the downhills. It's easier to pedal downhill. And I'm like, that's just like selling. Keep selling when you've sold one. It's yep. easier to sell when you've sold. So keep selling. That's when you gain momentum. It's not about grinding up the hill. It's about maintain up the hill, but pedal down the hill. And so you have that time. And then you show up to work and your edge on people is just so much more because you've, 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 your fire was lit. Yep. You know. Another fun uh, phrase that I love that people are... Uh, familiar with a lot is turn the corner and sprint. Yeah. Especially with a lot of these incentives. You know, the concept in a race is if the the run or the bike is going around the corner, somebody's behind you. When you hit that corner, that's when you sprint because by the time they get there and they see, oh, they're now twice as far, it's very deflating for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we saw it in in the Olympics actually, the Olympic triathlon. Really quick, uh there was a French triathlete who's top five in the world. He came out of the, the swim, probably it was a, it was a relay, a men and women relay, and he was the last leg. So he came out and he was probably, uh, I don't know, two or three minutes behind the guy who's in first. And two to three minutes at the Olympic level is a lot. 
Well, by the time the end of the bike came, he had made some ground. And when he came to pass him, he didn't just like casually pedal and wave to him as he went by. You saw him stand up and sprint and literally just flew past him. And the announcers made a comment like he's making a statement. Mm -hmm. He's not just passing you. He's making it look like you are standing still. Yeah. Mm. That's awesome. That was cool. I love that. Brad, it's been awesome having you on there. It's, it's, I've for years been behind the scenes. It's been an honor to be on. Yeah, dude. Well, we appreciate all that you do and thank you for your unique contribution and for sharing with us today. Thank you. If you've liked what you've heard and are interested in joining our teams, check us out at viventsolar.com forward slash careers. If you enjoyed the podcast, please go to iTunes and subscribe. Leave us a great review and leave us a five-star rating. Thanks for hanging out with us today. This is Electric People. Take these principles and go be electric.